Hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Happy Father's Day. Happy Grandfather's Day, almost. We are delighted you're here uh, at Discovery Point Church. It reminds me of a little story that I heard about a little girl her and her father had attended a, a worship gathering, and after the worship service, back in, back in the day, the pastor would go to the front door, and as the people would leave, you know, they would chat and say hi and those types of things. And so after the service, the pastor made his way to the front door of the church building, and as they were leaving, the little girl came by and said, when I grow up, I'm going to give you some money, Pastor. And, she, and the pastor looked at her and said, well, thank you, dear. I, I appreciate that, but, but why would you do that? And she said, because my dad said, you're one of the poorest preachers he's ever heard. <laughs> now, so be careful what you say, right? It's one of the reasons I'm not at the front door after the service. I can't deal with those types of comments. When you think about this weekend, you think about a weekend that, quite frankly, is a time that we can celebrate and honor the fathers, the grandfathers, or the men in our life, maybe who served in the role of a father to us, may not have been a biological father. But it also can be a difficult time as well. There can also be some stirring of of maybe memories that you would like to forget with a father, a grandfather, or that fatherly figure in your life. John Eldridge suggests that our deepest wounds often come from our relationship with our fathers. And so if that's where you are this weekend, on this Father's Day weekend, I just want to say that the Heavenly Father sees you, and He knows you, and He loves you. He sees you, He knows you, and He loves you. J.I. Packer, maybe one of the most influential evangelical leaders of the last 40 or 50 years, said this, if you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook in life, It means that he does not understand Christianity very well. When you think about the conversation on a Father's Day weekend, you think about some tension with the conversation. And and the tension, the, the reluctance to go into this conversation is that it's pretty easy for us to to take the relationship maybe with our biological or earthly father. And and we have the tendency to to see our Heavenly Father in that same light, if you will. In other words, we take our our connection with our biological Father or the man who raised us, and we have a tendency to project that onto the Heavenly Father. And quite frankly, that can create a lot of distortion in our relationship with the Heavenly Father. And so that's why I think it's incredibly valuable that we begin to understand more about our Heavenly Father. Because the more you understand about the Heavenly Father, the clearer that distortion becomes. 
And so this weekend, we want to talk about what it looks like to trust the Father's love. Brennan Manning says that God loves us as we are. As we are. I want you to think about that, and I want that to resonate with you just for a moment. As you sit in that seat, as you watch this online, God loves you as you are. Think about everything in your life right now. Think about the hang-ups, the hold-ups, the fears, the dreams, the hopes, the setbacks, the frustrations, the losses, the failures, the joys. Think about all of those things in your life. Think about your habits, your thoughts, your actions. And understand that God loves us as we are. As you're sitting in that seat, God is crazy about you. You might even be on his screensaver. He's mad about you and I. Manning goes on to say that God loves us as we are, not as we should be, because none of us are as we should be. I want you to see yourself as the beloved of God, the Heavenly Father. I want you to see yourself as John the Apostle, right? It's a little bit awkward in the scriptures, every now and then we see John refer to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. I read that and thought, wow, go John. But John sees himself as the beloved of God. And that, that's so important in our lives because what John understood is that he was well loved by his father, his heavenly father. And when we understand that we are well-loved by the Heavenly Father, that now we have the freedom, the potential to love well ourselves. Does that make sense? When we are loved well, when we understand that our Heavenly Father loves us well, that now we have the freedom, the potential to love well also. In the Old Testament, the Father, he makes a declaration about this love. So in the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, 22 and 23, this is what the prophet Jeremiah says. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Man, in, in this verse along with multiple other verses in the Old Testament. God is declaring His love. Now, now in this verse, uh, Jeremiah uses a word. It's, it's, a, it's a unique word. It's a rich word. It's such a powerful word that in the English, we don't even have a word to translate the word. It's the Hebrew word hesed. It is used over 250 times in the Old Testament alone. About half of those times it's used in the book of Psalms, and it expresses an essential part of God's character. Hesse describes a sense of loyal love that inspires merciful and compassionate behavior toward another person. It expresses God's covenant loyalty, faithful love. And so God declares this love. And, and love is more than what God does. It is the essence of His character. It's the essence of his character. Now, as we move into the New Testament, we see that the Father's love is not just declared, it's demonstrated, is it not, in the person of Jesus. So, for example, we see this with Jesus' death on the cross, which is a, 
It's a powerful picture of God's demonstrated love. Wouldn't you agree? If you think, what does God's demonstrated love ultimately look like? If we look to the cross, we see that demonstration coming to full manifestation. Right? We see that love, and we would classify that love as sacrificial, as forgiving, as redemptive, as restorative, as unconditional love. The cross is that beautiful picture of that demonstrated love. In fact, in the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 8, Paul says this. He says that God has demonstrated His love. Say that with me. God has demonstrated His love. The NLT says that God has showed His love. He's manifested His love in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What a demonstration of love. And, and if we read that and we think, well, it would read better if it said, while we had it mostly together. Right? While our intelligence and while our gifts and while our skills and and, and it, but it, it calls us out. And that sin is that separating element us, from us from, from this relationship with God. And so Paul declares that this love was demonstrated on the cross. Back in verse 10 of chapter 5, Paul describes us with another word, and that is enemies. We're not only sinners. He takes it to a deeper level and says, you were an enemy to the living God, and yet he demonstrated this love. So we see it in, in the death of Christ, but we also see it in his life as well. His life on earth exemplified this demonstrated love. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. He exemplified this demonstrated love with his life here on earth. And so let me ask you, how did Jesus love so well? We would probably agree maybe, that Jesus is the ultimate expression of the Father's love. Can we agree on that? And so we must ask ourselves, well, how in the world does that happen? Could it be that Jesus understood the Father's love? Could it be that Jesus had an insight into the Father's love? Could it be that Jesus understood that He was well-loved, and as we are well-loved, we begin to love well? So, for example, in the book of John Chapter 15, verse 9, notice what Jesus says to his disciples, as the Father has loved me. I want you to say that with me. As the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Remain in my love. Let's look at that just a little bit deeper. Jesus declares as the Father loved me. Could that be the key to why Jesus loved so well is that he understood the Father's love for himself? Could, could that be the key here, that, that Jesus loved well because he understood that he had been well loved? And so he says, as the Father has loved me and I have embraced that love, now you love one another as I have loved you. Remain in my love. As I think about that, I wonder, why do we question God's love? Why are we so suspicious about this incredible, unconditional love? Man, when, when we were hopeless and helpless, Paul says, sinners and enemies, God initiated this love. Amen? No reluctance, no hesitation, 
The Father ran to us in our most vulnerable moment and said, I love you. Wow. In our most vulnerable moments, helpless, hopeless, the Father runs to us and he covers us with his love. I want to show a short video clip. It's only about 35 seconds long, and my wife showed this to me a couple months ago, but I think it kind of paints the picture of this element of demonstrated love. Stuart, let's In roll. In case you missed it, you've got to see ah, this incredible rodeo rescue caught on camera, but please be warned, it is a bit tough to watch. My goodness, uh, this happened earlier in February out in Belton, Texas. Bull rider Cody Hooks got knocked off and was unconscious on the ground. Thankfully, his dad was in the crowd and jumped in to rescue him from the bull. I don't know if you've ever been in close proximity to a bull. Uh, they're large, they're quite frightening, very strong. Cody Hooks comes out of the chute, and if you watch the video closely, and he talks about as he went down, the bull's horn came and caught him behind his ear and knocked him unconscious. That's why he comes off the bull so early. He's unconscious. Obviously, his father is there. Now, don't miss that part of the story. Cody's 18 years old, and I guess if one of my children were bull riding, thank God you didn't get into that sport, son, I would probably be there as well, right? When the bull, if my son is on the bull, I'm going to try to be there. So his father is there. But beyond that, as Cody lay helpless, hopeless, his father runs, no regard. For his own safety, no regard. No regard. He lays it on the line for his son and he covers him with his love, disregarding the risk, the cost to cover his own son. What if you saw the Heavenly Father that way? Who runs to us despite the cost, despite the risk, despite the shame that we see in the prodigal son? The Father runs to us in, in those vulnerable moments and He lays prostrate on us and He proves His love for us. What a powerful idea. So why don't we come to the place as, as God's people where there's no pretense, no posing, there's nothing to prove but everything to claim and that is this, we are the beloved children of God. You don't have to prove it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to walk into this room or any other room with a false self. God knows us at our deepest level, and He loves us in incredible, unconditional, restorative ways. What if we thought, there's no more posing, I have nothing else to prove, everything to claim, I am the beloved child of God. It is a life changing truth that you and I are the beloved of God. John Egan says this, define yourself as one radically loved by God. 
Define yourself that way, not with your past, not with your failures, not with failed past and, and bad relationships. No, no, no. Define yourself as radically loved by God. What a way to define ourselves. Well, how do we experience this love? Let me wrap this up for you. How do we experience this love? The first way we experience this love is this, through trusting Jesus Christ. We, through trusting Jesus Christ. Here's the reality. Until we trust his love, we'll never understand his love. Until we trust his love, we'll never understand his love. I, I'm, I'm in a couple conversations right now with two different people who are attending here. They love the church. They're a part of our community. But they can't get over a couple hurdles. They're just not understanding everything about this thing of faith and Jesus. They just don't understand it all. And the challenge with that is they want to understand it before they, before they trust. In most other relationships, it's just quite the opposite. You didn't understand. If you're married, you probably didn't understand everything about your spouse before you said, all right, we're going into this thing. True? You probably have learned a few things since the wedding day, but with faith, it, it, it's quite the opposite, right? It's like I, once I understand everything, then I'm going to step across the line of faith. The scripture actually says, no, no, no. You need, as you trust, you begin to understand. Not understand and trust, but trust and understand. So, for example, we see in 1 John chapter 4, 15 and 16. Here we are back to the Apostle John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Isn't that amazing? I think he's the only guy in the Bible that says that, hey, Jesus is crazy about me. Peter's like, we know. Would you just stop? Just, you're good. We, we get it, John. We get it. He's like, I know, but I'm just telling you, he really likes me. I'm his favorite. We're all his favorite. Crazy about all of us. Look at what John says in 1 John. Scripture says this, all who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God. Man, what a start. All who declare Jesus is the Son of God, look at what he says. You have God living in them and they live in God. And I, I pray that there's been maybe a time in your life where you have declared Jesus as the Son of God. Right? That, that, that trust, that moment where you trust, where you place your faith in, this idea of placing faith, of trusting and, and I, I, here's what I believe, that some of us may have not understood God's love because we've never trusted his love. Until you trust his love, you'll never understand his love. Look at what John says in verse 16. He says, we know how much God loves us. Can we say that together out loud? And we know how much God loves us. I got to tell you, that wasn't very convincing. Would you like another shot? Okay. And we know how much God loves us. Look at what he says. This is John, right? And we know. The word here is gnosko. It's a deep, rich word meaning to experience something that goes far beyond uh, a, a, a mental assessment of, of, of attracting information and assessing it. It's an experiential knowledge, right? And so he's look at this. We know how much God loves us. Uh-oh. And we have put our trust in his love. Wow. We've put our trust in his love. You can trust 
God's love. You can trust His love. Brennan Manning says it this way, Faith is the courage to accept acceptance. Faith is the courage to accept acceptance. How do we experience this love? Of course, through Jesus Christ. Second of all, through other believers. Remember, Jesus says, I got this new command, guys. What was that new command? Do you remember? To, let me help you out, to love one another. Here's the new command. Got a whole new thing, and that is to love one another. Isn't it amazing how that we experience God's love through one another? That's a pretty cool thing, isn't it? That God allows us to, to access and experience His love through one another. I experience His love through you, and I hope you experience His love through me. It's a beautiful thing, and that's why biblical community is so important, right? It's why it's so important, and people who try to live outside the biblical community that say they're followers of Jesus, could it be that they're missing out on those love relationships that God has called us into? The third thing, and this is something that Gregory mentioned a few weeks ago. I, I thought it was uh, very meaningful. I wrote it down. I've been processing this, is that sometimes through, through what we enjoy. It's the first time I've ever heard anybody talk about that. And he talked about God created us in these unique ways and the things that, that we enjoy may be the avenue in which the way God loves us. I thought that, that was pretty insightful to think about the thing that you enjoy, right? So you think about what you, what you might enjoy. You know, maybe it's music, uh, maybe it's art, uh, maybe it's knitting, maybe it's cooking, maybe it's fishing. What do you enjoy doing? Golfing, what do you enjoy doing? So what if you saw that as an avenue of God's love to you? Wouldn't that be incredible that God is actually loves us that much that he creates the things that we enjoy doing and that's the avenue that he reminds us of his love? Isn't that an amazing thought? So we experience this love, of course, through trusting Christ, through the relationships of other believers who are loving us well. How do we love each other well? We love each other well when we understand we've been, we've been loved well, right? That gives us the, the potential, the capacity to love others well and through what we enjoy. As we take a, a moment tonight, I'm going to ask Mason to come back and he's going to end our time together with a song. As you sit in your seat or you watch this online, how often, how often do believers never come to the place of understanding Trusting God's love. It's an incredible, literally life-changing truth that we can trust the Father's love. It's deep, it's wide, it's high, and it's long. Mason's going to play a song father, here about the Father's love. So as you sit, as you listen, as you engage... Maybe you need to be a little more like the Apostle John, just understanding that the Father's crazy about you. He's crazy about you. That define yourself as one who is radically loved by God.
You know, the reality is some of us, we don't feel worthy of being loved for whatever reason. We don't, we don't feel that. Or we feel, feel we have to prove that we are worthy of that love. That's why we have a difficult time with understanding the Father's love. That's why we're not sure that we can embrace this conversation of the Father's love for us. 
but he loves us. He, he loves us over 250 times in the Old Testament with one word. He says, I love you. Putting his own son on a cross. If you need further proof, I don't know where to find it. He loves us. Amen? He loves us. And to love well, please understand, you are well loved. I want to end our time. I'm going to read a prayer out of the book of Ephesians. Paul prays this to the church at Ephesus. It's chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. It's Paul's prayer for the believers at Ephesus. Beginning in verse 16, Paul says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the Holy Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts, here it is, as you trust in him. Your roots are going to grow down deep. Look at this, friends. They're going to grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand. The original word here is an aggressive word. It's a it's a combination of two words that means to lay hold of. It literally means to seize something with aggression, to understand, to seize it, to lay hold. Lay hold of this truth. Notice what he says. I want you to seize this as with all of God's people as we should. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. This is a prayer. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. What a prayer from the Apostle. May we understand the depth, the width, the height, and the length of God's love. And then he says, well, you can't fully understand it. That's the depth, the height, the length, and the width of the love of God. Let me pray for you as we close. Father, we come to you this evening. Lord, we want to certainly acknowledge the men who've been in our lives, who have led us, raised us. Father, we want to honor them appropriately. But beyond that, we want to honor our Heavenly Father, who has loved us with an unfailing love, a loyal love, who has not only declared his love, but who has also demonstrated this love to us in his son, Jesus Christ. Father, my prayer is for every person in the sound of my voice, is that we 
is that we will see ourselves as radically loved by you. Despite, Lord, our challenges, despite our failures, despite our past, Father, that we are loved by you as we are right now in this moment. Nothing else needs to happen. We can't prove it. Father, we cannot earn it. We just must embrace it and claim that you love us. Lord, I pray as you love us, that we will love others with that same love. As Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, I love you. Remain in this love. Father, we pray that you are glorified in all things, that you are honored, that you are blessed, that your name is made renowned throughout the earth. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray this. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.